happening. What's happening, Mac? You know, I almost almost did the the Royal Rumble. Whoa! <laughs> that's like forty three seconds. Anyhow, that's so stupid. I don't know. Was that Michael Buffer? Michael Buffer. Well, yeah. that is the whole Buffer the family yeah. now. Yeah. They they've they have cornered. <laughs> they the, have the, the market. The ring announcer market. <laughs> well, man, thanks for joining me midweek. Yes, man. Uh, no kidding, man. Thanks for coming to my shop. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no kidding. So we're. This is Wednesday, March twenty seventh. Brian has to catch a flight. I got to get on the big bird in the sky. Yeah, I don't do this often. <laughs> he's he's going to Buffalo, New York. I got a work trip, and he's coming back tomorrow. It's spring here. I'm sure it's going to be winter oh, there. Oh, did it be 20, 30 degrees? I've heard Buffalo is great this time of year. <laughs> God bless Marv Levy. But I will say, I'm go I'm going and coming back in a day. Um, it's 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 kind of a business thing. We won't get into all that. But what I'm really excited about is while I'm there. They're treating uh, treating us to. Uh, they said, "Well, what would you like to eat?" And I said, "I'm going to Buffalo, right?" And they said, "Well, yeah, yeah." I said, "If we don't have wings, there's no deal." I mean, why would I go? Yeah, don't even bring out the contract. It's like going to New Orleans and not having jambalaya. Yeah, so I've got, I'm, they're going to get some wings and some uh, some New York pizza, and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, close to Canada, close to Niagara Falls. Eh? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the whole Niagara Falls thing. Uh, I think of two things: the Office episode, <laughs> and then I and then I think of. Uh, the old Three Stooges skit where it was Niagara Falls. I think of Bruce Almighty. Oh, that's a good you one. You know when he get <laughs> practically fires himself. Yeah, absolutely. Some of us in a cozy newsroom. Excuse me, Evan Bastard. Backstabber. Baxter. <laughs> no doubt. But I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I'm fixing to have to kind of get on the road and hit up that way. Memphis International, you know, world-class airport. Oh, absolutely. Gorgeous facility. <laughs> yeah. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, but uh it's going to be fun. But uh, Good deal, thanks man. for meeting me midweek. Yeah. So we're not going to waste much of your time today, folks. Uh, previously in the week, we interviewed the one, the only, Barton Ramsey of Southern Oak Kennels. And none other than the little city that does big things, Oklahoma, Mississippi. Oklahoma. And it was great, folks. But we, we've got the interview ready for you. Uh, we want you to hear it. It's going to be a blast. You're, you're going to love this. We it was all about good boys and good girls, <laughs> the best of boys, but the and best girls. of but the goodest of boys and I, girls. I got to say one thing before we move to Barton, and he'll laugh when he hears this. Um, in the general public, <laughs> we use certain vocabulary uh, that may not be uh, acceptable all the time. That's like, right. You know, like for instance, the, the B word. You know what I mean? Like if, right. I, if I was to say that in a public place or to you right now, there would be some kind of head turning in offense. Correct. But in the dog realm. Out there, it's casual. It's casual. <laughs> and the first time that I had ever hung out with Bart, <laughs> I heard them speaking this way. And uh, it kind of took me back. But the other day, it was just like, oh, no big deal. You know, so anyway, <laughs> none of that is actually spoken about. But I wanted to acknowledge that in the dog realm, they do kind of put you on, 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 on blast the first time you go out there. I think so I said that fun. to my, my dog, my girl dog the other day. And my mom looked at me and goes, how dare you? <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm not wrong, but you're right. But I you're shouldn't right. have been that way. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. I meant it in a different context. I think uh, one of the trainers who we met from Michigan was like, these are all the boy dogs and these are all the blanks. And I was like, <laughs> Wait, wow. time out where? <laughs> Whoa, yo, dog. You sit, sit in front of these dudes and everything. So, anyway, well, well, yeah, it was really good. Shout out to for Barton for showing us. It was a good Oh, a good man, it, this this was so great. Yeah, if if only this. we had, like, video for you to see at this place. If you ever get a chance, go down there and check this place out, and we'll – We'll, we'll talk to you after the interview, so awesome. yeah, enjoy we'll it for sure. Couldn't be happy in the city at night. You can't see the stars with neon light. Sidewalks dirty and the river is worse. 
Underground trains all run in reverse Nobody here can dance like me Everybody clapping on the one and the three mile Last of my kind Am I Last of my kind And welcome to What's Happening uh, Special guest here today, Brian We are here with Mr. Barton Ramsey of Southern Oak Kennels And we are in his Barton, what do you want to call this? We call it the Lodge. The Lodge. And we are in a cozy environment with amazing lighting with some good, tasty drinks. Uh, man, I'm excited. I think this it's is incredible. I, I think it's safe to say we found the coolest place in Oklahoma. There's no question. <laughs> That's not, the list is short there. It's, it's okay. So it, right now, it's number three is Holland Funeral Directors Parlor on Main Street. Number two is Oklahoma Gymnasium. Number three is most certainly Southern Oak Kennel. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for having us, Barton. Man, it's good to have you guys down here. Really, really good. Man, we've got to ask you, first and foremost, how did you get here? Man, this would be too long of a podcast, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay. I think a lot of a lot of the path that led to us sitting in a lodge in Oklahoma that's built around gun dogs is, uh, I mean, it was, I don't want to call it an accident, but it was certainly unplanned. So, you know, I had a full-time career as a teaching pastor, student pastor, and was training dogs as a hobby and have always had a little bit of a go big or go home mentality and it just kept It on, shows. Yeah, it clearly. just kept on getting, that's why, you know, yeah, anyway, that's why we're here, that's why we have this place that was like, hey, we're not just going to build a, a apartment suite onto the house, let's build a lodge and give people an experience and Really, it just as it as it got bigger, we decided rather than just selling dogs, we were going to build a, a lifestyle brand, and part of that was having a place where people could come do a little bit of life with us. And so this is really a weekend getaway, overnight getaway, or just come down for a week and train dogs with us. And so we have people coming through all the time doing doing that, experiencing the life that we have here with the dogs. So that was that was important to me. What he's done with the uh, the kennel and the the dog club here is what Ja Rule was trying to do with Firefest, <laughs> building a lifestyle brand where people could experience. Except life. for this works. This works. Except this I actually cool. did build a lot. You, you did it. Yeah. It's, it's a fact. Yeah, you made this work <laughs> yeah. for sure. Well, man, the, the architecture and everything is really cool. Like uh, I guess they use a, a fancy term, the feng shui of the yes, room. The aesthetics really of the room. Uh, but. Who who built this place for you? Yeah, uh, so the lodge was here. I listened to you guys' podcast with Mitch McCamey. Uh Mitch grew up in the house just up the hill, and the lodge was here before Mitch's stepdad bought the house, but it was really just a horse barn. And this back room was a semi-built out. I think there was someone, when I bought the house, there was someone squatting in it. The realtor had told them, you're going to have to move out. And they just lived there. They were eating spam out of a can. And uh, I went and, yeah, I went and and actually talked to my friend Kevin Doyle. You know Kevin? Kevin's in Tupelo, motorcycle guy. Sure. Yeah, uh, super great guy. Real creative. Very creative and very, like, not – so you know people that are right-brain-driven, creative type. Well, Kevin is that, but he's also, like, a math wizard. So when he comes to, like, measuring and cutting, you know, it's like he's just – man. so anyway, we had – I brought him down. I showed him some pictures. I said, imagine um, these these duck lodges, this particular library, and then the upstairs of KOK, and let's do it. And, the, and, and he, so money. we did it. Yeah, we did it. So and a lot of it, he surprised me. Like the the bourbon shelf, I came home and he was like, "I built you something." 
I came in and it was just a total surprise, you know. And so he he learned my personality and built around it, which was really cool. Wait, I'm telling you, he hit a home run. Home run. That might be an understatement. This is really cool. And you mentioned the bourbon shell. This is one of the most awesome pieces of architecture and collection of bourbons that I have ever witnessed. Um, there is no old crow up there. There's no, <laughs> there's, no there, there's no Clooney. There's no there's no uh, Kentucky Tavern. So just to let y'all know, Barton's doing a ride in here. So we like sure. it. We let, like it. Let me ask you this. So like, what exactly? You know, obviously the training for the most part obviously goes outside. It is how all happens outside. So what do the owners do? I mean, they just come in here and relax, kind of do what they want? Yeah, so we have people, a big thing that this is used for is like on a Saturday when our puppies go home. So if we have a litter of, let's just say, 10 pups, typically speaking, a litter of 10 puppies from Southern Oak Kennels are going to go to seven states, and it's everywhere. So a lot of people will say, hey, fly to Memphis, rent a car, or fly to Nashville, catch the short flight to Tupelo, rent a car, drive down to Southern Oak, come down on Friday. And we sort of put on a, a you know, show up Friday afternoon. We're going to train dogs together. I'm going to let you see your, your dog's dad run, and we're going to hang out. And then we're all going to go to Tupelo. We're going to eat at KOK. We're going to eat somewhere good. We're probably going to go to Blue Canoe, get some blueberry donut bread pudding, listen to some music. See some awesome bands. Yeah, see some music. And then we're going to come back to the lodge. We'll light a fire in the fire pit, have a glass of bourbon, call it a night. And the next morning we get up and, and take your puppy home. And typically out of those ten people – three or four or three or four couples or three or four individuals will stay here. So they'll stay here overnight, sleep in the lodge, and wake up and then help us get ready with puppies and experience all that. That's this, the most this common. This is like most. a bucket list thing for me. It's, it's 30 a, minutes down the road. It's a full white glove, red carpet experience. I mean, the old the old adage, you know, you, you kind of you get what you pay for. Um, the family, the Southern Oak Kennel family, is. It's I hate to call it this, but it is a growing cult yes i mean like i hear about people talking about it from all over the uh, the united states you know and we're going to speak to this in a minute but um following your social media and stuff like that which barton is awesome and the kennel's right on that there are people commenting from michigan you sure. know what i mean from the midwest from the northeast from all over about can't wait to pick up my dog you know what I mean? So I would like to know what goes into getting a dog. I mean, like, how does that process yeah. start? Yeah, we've revamped that completely. And that, I mean, at one point I remember lowering the price on pups because I couldn't sell them. You know, at the very beginning. I was like, man, I had a litter of 10. How am I going to sell these dogs? You know, calling other trainers and being like, hey, you know, these are really well-bred dogs. I sell them to you cheap. And, and then fast forward six and a half, seven years, and we're, we're sold out just about two years. And so the process we've changed is real simple. And the process actually honestly changed after my first uh, experience with you guys with the Blue Delta crew. And it was in the middle of... You know how to make a guy blush. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it was in the middle of meeting you guys, seeing what you did, hearing the experience and saying, okay, there's, there's obviously we have a huge following with Southern Oak. We have people that want dogs. This Blue Delta thing is like this experience of not just going and like getting a pair of pants, but like walking through this process with someone and saying, these were made for you. And so I said, well, how can you do that with a dog? And so we created an online, uh, if you want to call it like a measuring process. It's an application where we ask you very specific questions about your lifestyle, your hunting experience, what everything we could yeah it's we almost got, like a dog dog dating site yeah that's, literally yeah, yeah. It, yeah that's cool you don't have to be lonely <laughs> gundogsonly.com but we you know we we go I in and, and look we, on the other yeah. ones i'm gonna get on that one yeah yeah <laughs> so we created this and and uh don who runs sok north in michigan okay 
Don responds to all those applications, reads through them, and says, all right, based on everything we now know about this guy or this gal, which litters fit? And we will send him or her a recommendation of one, two, three, maybe even four litters and say, hey, based on what you want, which could be black or yellow or either, or male or female or either, what time you want to get a dog, soon as possible, two years from now, whatever, anything in between, and how you hunt, where you live, what your family's like, here's, here's our recommendation. And uh, you review that, we'll hop on the phone with you, answer questions. We really don't want to do a phone call until you've done an application, so we know you kind of fit what, you know, what we do. And, and, and we send you a response with all the, you know, here's how much it costs, here's the deposit, here's the requirements, here's everything you need to know. And uh, once we get on the phone, typically it's like, hey, let's, let's find the right litter, the right fit. And then they put a deposit down, and they're locked into that that spot. We sell three male and three female deposits per litter, and those are typically sold out for about a year and a half in advance. That's awesome. The yeah. exclusivity of it is a big deal. Yeah. And you mentioned a funny thing. You mentioned about lowering the price to you know to sell the dogs because uh, you couldn't sell them. What we've noticed, and I've seen in a lot of other businesses, is usually when you make it exclusive and you raise the price, you sell more. I mean, yeah. You know, you know, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a weird thing. I'm actually at the ca- I'm at the point where I feel like I've maxed out my price. There are six, seven kennels in the country selling puppies for for more than we are, right? And that's cool. That's their deal, you know. But I feel like I'm at the point where I'm like, I know what it's worth. I know the value. I'm comfortable where we are. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. I mean, you could right. go up. Well, yeah, what, out, what so. you do is fair. You sure. know what I mean? I want to be fair. I, I yes. don't want to be cheap at all. Yeah. Um, I believe we're raising a very quality product here. But at the same time, I, I, I don't want to say, hey, you know what, we're sold out, so we're going up again on prices. Because I, I also know my my branding has targeted guys who are between 20 and 40, where some kennels have, have aimed at that 40 to 70. You know, older guys, and, and I, I sell a lot of dogs to those folks too, but I'm, I'm selling dogs to guys that are like, hey, I just got my first, like, career job, mm-hmm. and I've been one an awesome gun dog. And I'm like, let's do it, because what I really want to do is sell them a dog, and then I want to sell them their next dog, and then I want to sell their kid right. his first dog, her well, first dog. You sell a dog do to a, a younger adult right off the bat. You've you Not only do you have that client for 20 to 30 more years, you've sure. got their child, you have yep. well, word of mouth association with his brother, you know, yep. everything like that. That's, that's, that's that was a big part of it. I was, I, there, were, there were a couple people that were calling, and they were buying their second dog from me, and they were telling me where they got their first dog, and there were a couple kennels in common, and they're great places. But I kept asking myself, why are these folks not calling them again? And how can we do it, business with these people, sure. so that they're going to call us again? I don't want one and done. I, I want to I want to build a family, and a dog is an important part of a family. No, absolutely. absolutely. It, yeah. uh, it's most people's first kid. That's oh, yeah. Maybe, you know, I mean, that's just the natural it's my only kids right you, now. You, you, yeah. get a, you get a girlfriend, and then you and your girlfriend get a dog. It's good that's practice. Re- that's really just a trial run to see if you can raise a kid. Because if she can't feed the dog or take it out, then she's not going to raise your child. And so she's got to go when the dog stays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is good practice, I'm telling you, because it puts a little bit of the restrictions you feel. Hey, we can't just drop and go. Someone's right. got to watch the dog. Yeah. And – of course, it's a little different with kids. You sure. get you get upset with the dog, you put them in a kennel, and they S- frown upon doing that with your kids. Speaking of which, <laughs> I've got to ask you this because just just recently before we came in, you showed us the kind of the rundown about their playtime before bed, I guess. And like, so my question is is how do you? I mean, did you have to go through any kind of training 
to do this yourself, or is like some of it your style? Or yeah, is, you know, we're 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 in some discussion about that because our team is growing, and it's it's a trade, and there's not really like a there's no degree in gun dog, right, right, right. So theoretically, you could be really awful at it and just stick a sign up and promote well and and get you know get business and. You could be really good at it and not market yourself and no one know who you are. And so it's a weird balance for us of finding the the, the right spot between both or with both. It's a both and. Sure. Um, I love dogs my whole life. And I happened upon a gun dog breed, a Springer Spaniel, when I was in high school. And I bought some, I ordered some videos from a magazine on how to train a dog. But I didn't hunt. I didn't grow up hunting. Right. So I had no idea. I was like a, a hipster kid in a, in a metal band. I remember. You know? I mean. I had black fingernails I and face all piercings well. and all that, you know. That's and, when he was going through his cure phase. He's yeah, like a yeah, yeah. Cure. yeah, there you go. Morrissey. So, <laughs> but, but let me say this. Bart, Barton's phase. always been, like, hip to be square. I guess you'd say, like, more so than I have. I was always just a square. Just, yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, man, just Barton's be, intriguing. Willing, yeah, that's it. Willing to be the first one to try something new, you know, somewhere. Absolutely you are. But, you know, I, I, I love dogs. I love tr- like parlor tricks, you know, sit, stay, shake, bang, play dead, roll over, you know, that sort of stuff. It was fun. And then uh, I moved back here and a guy invited me to go duck hunting and another guy brought a dog and the dog was awful. And I was like, my dog, my Springer Spaniel, who's like nine. She's better than your dog. Done with YouTube videos, like, she, yeah. She's never been hunting. She never had a bird. So I was like, can I borrow some of these birds? Took the birds home, threw them out. She loved them, picked them up, brought them right back. She was steady. She didn't make any noise. So she fetched a Frisbee up until that. So the next time we went duck hunting, I brought my dog, and she killed it. Like crushed no it. And way. I was like, this is cool. And I liked it so much, my wife bought me a Springer Spaniel for Christmas because she was That's old. awesome. And, man, I found this guy to help me train my Springer because I was running into some issues. And he wound up being, like, probably, I would say at this point, he's the most decorated Springer Spaniel field trial guy in the world. 50-plus field champions to his name, and he just happened to be in Eupora. He's back in Houston, Texas now, but we hit it off. He took me under his wing. He introduced me to British Labradors, and he trained me on what to do, what not to do, and he was very direct with me. I would train a dog. I'd get very frustrated with the dog, and then he would stop me and be like, now, here's what you did, and he would tell me everything I did wrong, and I'd be like, I'm awful at this, you know, and he'd right. be like, here, try this, and I'd try and it'd work, and I was like, you're a genius, you know, and sure. I watched videos, I, I read books, it's like but really sensei. just... Yeah, that was it. Just hands-on, and he trusted me, man. He was like, hey, I got this client dog. I want you to take it home for a month and do one month of obedience. The client knows you're going to have it. Here's what I want done in a month. And so he trusted me with dogs, and I slowly got into it that way, and uh, just through experience. And then I have taken several several trips to England to train with guys over there because our dogs are British Labradors. Sure. And they, they've come from a century of a style of training and trialing that's different from ours. And so it's important that you know how they get the best out of those dogs in right. their culture. And so I've gone over there sort of research, figuring it out and all that, yeah. Well, I was, that was going to be my next question. Uh, I want to know kind of what goes into the importing of a dog. And uh, before you get into it, I want to say, you mentioned the, Eng- the British you know, labs and all the different training. When I see pictures when you go overseas and you do your, your stuff over there, it reminds me of a comparison of American PGA Tour golf to watching the British Open, yes, you know, like golf, yes, and that's what it looks yeah. like. Y'all are over there in your um, your canvas and your your pants and the, you know like yeah. your big boots, and it just looks like an old style that I remembered. So speak to that about importing yeah. and how it's different. A lot, lot of lot of tweed and wax cotton and 
tie. Sean Connery types. Yeah, there's well, there's a traditional. <laughs> you wear an ascot when you're over there and have yeah, a pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a traditional aspect to their culture. So what I tell people is when you go to a field trial or a hunt test in America, you're going to a, a really fun event with a lot of hunters, which means there's going to be a lot of camo, a lot of chewing tobacco, some barbecue, a lot of swearing. Lies being told. Yeah, a lot of Crocs, you know, <laughs> camp, camo, cargo sh- shorts that's the culture so you know it's it's cool man i mean i have a lot of clients in that culture a lot of friends in that culture they all look at me like where'd you get those pants dude you know did you borrow them from your wife you know they're they're, (laughs) there you know but that's the culture when you go to england you know what i tell people is imagine going to a field trial and you look around and you feel like you've just gone to a country club golf tournament you know like the culture is we have a tradition here we have rules we have we have we have these things going on and so I love those dogs because the, the the rules are a little different. Your dog can't can't really do the same stuff at a country club as it can at a you know at right. a backyard barbecue. And not that the American dogs aren't great; they do some really cool stuff in field trials here. But those dogs have like a proper attitude. They're very quiet. I mean, you go to a lot of British Lab- or you go to a lot of Labrador kennels, and they're just nonstop barking. You know, yep. my dogs will bark when you pull up if I'm not here, but they'll be quiet real quick. And you know, it's where I there's no barking. Right. You know, it's quiet. So bringing them over. Uh, social media has almost ruined that because people have learned that there's some Americans will pay a lot of money for dogs, a lot more than they're worth, and they'll post them on Facebook and get some sucker to pay a lot more money than they're worth, and then all of a sudden the next five people are like, oh, I can sell my dog to America. Yeah. And that's become an issue. So I actually have I have three friends. One would be an official business partner who's in Northern Ireland, and I have two a friend in Scotland and a friend in England. And they look at dogs for me. And they're finding dogs, and they're doing the legwork, and they, you know, they get their cut for it. Because if you're an American and you call, the price doubles, the quality cut gets cut in half. And but if you've got so, I have someone over there, and I, I learned that the hard way. It's like buying Vietnamese street food. Yes. When you I need, walk up, you need I'm a local. Them, well, it's like you know, there's a new taco spot in Tupelo that's over by Connie's, and uh, my, I hadn't been yet. Oh, it's good. Uh, it's really good. My wife and I walked in, and I looked around. And I looked, leaned over and I said, "We're the only white people here, and that's a really good." Sign. You know, it's good. You know, like, that's <laughs> it. You know, you need some someone who knows how to evaluate based on the culture. And so yeah, I've got, I go over there and I've got friends and they find dogs. And then I've got a, a a guy who does all my shipping. He'll be here for the summit. He's flying over to participate in the event, and literally he's my shipping guy. He ships dogs to me. Oh wow! But he left his company a few years ago, went out on his own. I encourage him to do it. He's an entrepreneur now, that's crushing awesome. it, building social media following. And he handles all the logistics for me like a boss, man, because it's not easy to get dogs over here. They've got to have a pet passport. They've got to be vaccinated properly. They've got to come through, and when they come over here, they have to clear customs. They have to have the right forms. You've got to go get them. I have to go to Atlanta to get them. It's, it's, a, it's a big a lot of hoops to jump through to get them over here. I feel like the American dogs are more of the uh – Bud Light and Hunch Punch kind of crowd, and yeah. these dogs coming from England are tea and crumpets. You know, <laughs> you, what you I mean? could they're, easily they're you could easily equate it to like I mean, I coach soccer. Yeah, you could, you could equate it to soccer. Like here, we just don't do things the way that I guess they should properly be done. Yeah, it's just different. Whereas in yeah. Europe and England and yeah. United Kingdom, it's a whole different classier. I've just been brand. very careful with Southern Oak Kennels to not say the way they do it is better. Right, because I don't. Th- I mean, it's completely it's not necessarily better. It's just, well, man, it's just hey, there's, there's people that prefer it this way. There's people that prefer it that way. What? 
we want to lean hard on this way because this is what we really like. But we're not saying yours isn't any good. We, I love American Labs. Yeah, I love absolutely. American Lab. I love what they're doing. A lot of the British Lab kennels have kind of created this us versus them, and there's just no reason for it, man. It's dogs. It's dogs. You know, at we the all end agree. Of the day. We really like them. And, and I feel like they've been just. I mean, just honestly, they've been doing it longer than us. I mean, like, I mean, England. They've been doing everything longer I mean, than yeah, us. I mean, they've been playing you know? golf yeah. longer than us. They, 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 they invented they field trials and yeah. working dogs and all that. And then another cool part is over there, honestly, it was very hard. I went to the the their their Labrador National Championship called the IGL. I went there in December, and it was very hard to get in this year. And the reason was is because they have so many anti-hunters that are, like, wanting to protest, wanting to – they're like, if you come and if you're, because they're shooting birds, right? And there's like real hunting going on with their field trials. It's live animals. And so, oh man, these guys, and they're so inconsistent. The irony is hilarious. So, like, we're going to sneak in, we're going to mace the dogs. I'm like, oh, so you're going to hurt one animal because they're hurting. Anyway. Oh, but wow. it was very hard to get in. And so, the, the, one of the reasons they uphold the tradition so much is because it's at such a risk. And, and they're light years beyond where we are as far as, anti-hunters, people who, you know, that that's all kind of dying. It's a, it's a very small minority of people who are still into shooting sports in the U.K. And uh, over here, it's, it's not. But if we're not careful, it'll, it'll head that way. So we, we typically do what they do way behind, you know. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned just briefly the summit. I want you to – can you go into that a little bit? Kind of tell us what the summit's about. I know it's a big deal. It's yep. huge, yeah. <laughs> that's Man, all we know. It's, it's – uh, all right, so I have a – friend uh named jonathan who started a, a clothing really a gear company for camouflage gear called sitka gear he's a client of ours has a, some good stuff yeah it's great they're owned by gore-tex now he's sold to gore-tex great i mean it's, it's phenomenal it's, it's the top of top of the list for you know if you if you want to go out somewhere and it, it really started for big game like if you're going out on a mountain and if you get wet and cold you're going to die yeah you, this, you this want is, it's, it's not like hey well i might get cold and have to go back to the truck it's like I'm five days from the truck. Right. If I get wet, I'm in big trouble. Bear Grylls would be down with that's this. right. That's right. Okay. So um, we were we created I created an, an online social media sort of family called the SOK Society. It sort of blew up. I wanted to do a newsletter, but I was like, it's not 1998. <laughs> Chain mail. <laughs> and I was like, and then I was like, how many newsletters do I open? The stuff that you just throw away immediately. None. Right? And um, I was like, so, I, but I want to hear from my people. I want to be able to keep up with these dogs. So. We did social media. We created, uh, we created uh, so a uh, Facebook private Facebook group. That's okay, society. I got in there by the way without yeah. owning a dog. That's there a cool. Those oh, are cool, cool guys. There's people in there. There's like five thousand people yeah. in now. It's really here, cool. There's only Did like, you infiltrate? Yeah, uh, saboteur. He's a friend. There's only about maybe a thousand that that actually communicate in there. Right. Just, other, like, a lot of I people like seeing, watch. They ask fascinating questions in there. They're yeah. Like very informative. Like, hey, my dog. I'm training it, and uh, I need to wean it off this. What's the best way to go? And somebody mm-hmm. will drop Bart, Barton's name, and he'll answer a question. It's really, my, it's really cool. It's my cool. favorite thing is stuff like today. Today. Uh, Yesterday and today was a birthday of two litters that were really important to me. And people are like, happy birthday to the such and such pups. And all the owners of those dogs are like, happy birthday. And they all start posting pictures of their puppies. And I'm like, sweet, I get to see them keep up, all that. Well, Jonathan and I were sitting on my patio at my last house having a bourbon drink. We had just eaten at Blue Canoe. Got home, summer, it was hot, sitting on the patio. And he said, you know, what's next? You know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, man. I've got this community online. And. And I want to I want to grow that. And he was like, "How do you create a way for that community to have some real skin and bones, like get people together?" And that's how the summit came about. And I was like, "You know what? Let's let's gather like once a year. You're all invited. Let's do it." And so the first one was really fun. Sorry, we got puppies in there. The first one was really fun. <laughs> McKinley heard puppies, and he's like, hey, "Go go get them! Go, go get them!" So he almost uh, put his mic down. <laughs> so 
the, I'll the, be right back. The first one was uh, we did training seminars. Uh, we actually rented out the top floor at KOK. Uh, we had a huge, um, uh, what do you call it, not an auction, but uh, a raffle. Mm-hmm. All the proceeds went to uh, Delta Waterfowl Duck Hunting Conservation Group. Really fun. Wound up at the Thirsty Devil after KOK. Night got a little wild. Uh, that makes was, everybody want to come back. Though. Yeah, they do. In fact, the one guy, Jonathan, picked his puppy up. The guy whose idea it was picked his puppy up at the summit, and he named his dog. The kennel name is Tupelo's Thirsty Devil. Okay, from that night. So cool. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, but uh, then we we decided the next year to do it here on the grounds. Um, I, I, the night before, I called KOK and I was like, "We're gonna have like a pre-party for those who show up a day early. Probably like thirty of us." The first summit was eighty folks. The pre-party at KOK last year was 75 people. I told him 30. Oh, wow. Augie was like, dude, what are you doing to me? Poor Augie. Like, Sorry, bro. We we filled it up upstairs, man. And then we did the summit here. It was like 165 people. I decided to move it away from the fall when hunting seasons are going on and put it in the spring. So we haven't done it in a year and a half, and it's going to be April 13th. The anticipation. Yeah, a lot of people. Man, we, we have on Friday night, we have a couple that's getting married here. Are you officiating? I am. Oh. Yeah. They got engaged here a year ago. Wow. Today. Brother Ramsey over here. That's uh, incredible. Yeah. So uh, people are like, what happens at the summit? I'm like, well, folks are getting married. You know, it's, it's and, and and literally, man, this is what's cool. Mark and Zoe are getting married. And they asked me if they get married at the summit. And I said, yeah, man, you know, you, you want your, your, you know, your family and, and what, you know, what are you thinking on all this? And it's both their second marriage and they, you know, they've, they're not old at all. Second marriage age, is about the party. Yeah, well, that's the thing is they just said, you know, your first marriage is, you know, you got the binder and you do all the things in the t- <laughs> traditional way and all that. And right. That's what, but Mark and Zoe were like, this is our family. These people that's are awesome. our family. And I said, this is how I can gauge that we're doing it right. Absolutely. They've got three SOK dogs. They got engaged here on the grounds. And now they, 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 they live up north. They don't live here. They live wow. And so the f- the the community aspect of it has been one of my favorite parts. And and all centered on just the, we all love British Labradors. We love gun dogs. We love hunting. And we've built a community around it. And it's it's really fun. So Summit's going to be fun. Yeah, cool things And that's the 12th and 13th, right, of April? Yeah, 12th is the wedding and a crawfish boil. 13th is the official summit. So That sounds like my kind of wedding. Mine wedding too. Wedding and a crawfish boil. There may have to be a revisit podcast for the crawfish bowl. <laughs> you should just, just say welcome to come here. <laughs> we did crawfish bowl last March on this weekend right now. We cooked 420 pounds of crawfish and ate every bite. Every bite. Oh, man, it was phenomenal. Well, I, I know you got a bunch of folks coming in town for the summit from, out, from you know, their It's Okay family folks, but you're going to have some brands here, right? Oh, yeah. Tell, so, me, tell me about some of the brands yeah, you've aligned so yourself with. We got Blue Delta jeans coming. People the, are excited about that. They do a pretty uh, good job from yeah, what I've heard. They do all right. They do they're all right. Okay. They're okay. Yeah. Right. Some <laughs> of the some of the duck hunting guys are like, "Now, who's this jean company?" And I'm like, "That just bring your wife, bring your credit card, you know, just or trust me." <laughs> yeah. But, there's going to be a guy with a beard and a little bit of a stutter named Nick and you're going to love him. <laughs> you can't help but love Nick. <laughs> love yeah, from the first words out of his mouth, you're like, "Is this my brother?" Yeah. So, yeah, but we we have several brands that we like Sitka gear, man. They've they've been phenomenal They're partner be of ours. Yeah, Sitka oh, have wow. repre- There's actually a we're coming. Brian. There's a van called the Run and Gun Tour, which is owned by Sitka, a company called Rigum Right, and a company that you probably are familiar with called Yeti. 
Yeti coolers. Oh, yeah. So they own the running gun. So they're partnering. So these are the Summit Cups. You guys can see them before anyone else. Summit 19 partnering nice. with Delta Waterfowl. Exclusive. So if you buy a Delta Waterfowl membership, you get a Yeti cup uh, with a coupon from uh, for a free bag of food from Yukonuba. Yukonuba will be here. Uh, we work with them. Great dog food. And I sound like I'm at the end of a NASCAR race right now. We'd like to thank our sponsors, yeah, Pensacola. So, but <laughs> these, these, Marvin's. These brands that, that show up here, like, like Jeff Watts doing barbecue. He has Watts, Watts barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, he's in Kansas City. He's a competition barbecue guy. He's also on Team Yeti. It's fun- last year he cooked for us, or last summit he cooked for us. And man, I had like six days of the meat sweats. You know, like I, I couldn't stop eating. This Brian, did I tell you that we were coming yeah. to the summit this yeah. year? I think, I think we covered Plans that. Plans have changed. Ago, but man, the hardest thing this year has been figuring like where are we going to set this stuff up? But that's the logistics. There's a guy this. in uh, Michigan who's creating uh, bismuth shotgun shells now. And it's like a bespoke, like he's he's like you custom order your shotgun shells and they make them, like it's legit, direct to consumer only. If I was an assassin, well, I would, that's what I would want. And and it's it's owned by Brandon and uh, Lee Cho is a phenomenal photographer in the outdoor industry. And so man, we've been uh, they're coming here. They got this cool van. Like you know, people are coming. It's gonna be really fun. I'm trying to figure out where we're gonna put everybody. Well, the the Okalona Inn is no longer available. Correct. So we're gonna have Filled to go to up. Tupelo for this. Yeah, they're staying too. We have shuttles going back and forth to Tupelo. But uh, some friends of mine are doing a, a film project called Hunt 41, and they're documenting um, basically the hunting of all 41 species of North American waterfowl, so ducks, geese, and all that. Pretty cool little documentary. Wow. It's, it's gonna be like a couple years in the making. And they called a few uh, a little while back and asked if they could premiere episode one at the summit. Dude, that's a big deal. So they're going to be incredible. here, and man. I, I'm most excited just to see it. I just can't wait. Can't wait to watch it. That's that's going to be really cool. And like you know, I would watch. I don't even get into duck hunting, and I'll watch that. Yeah, it's, you know. It's, well, the, here's the thing about it. What we realized, or what they realized, I'm I'm just friends with them. What they realized was, um, people who hunt different species of ducks are in totally different cultures. And so when you go hunt like black ducks in the Northeast, you may be around people who do things totally different. Right. So it's not just about the ducks. It's about like, what's the culture like where people do this? And let's open the world to that. Let's show people what, man, it's, man, I'm, I'm so stoked. It's, it's going to be awesome. I, I've been here once before when Barton was able to do, like I said, the live field demonstrations. Right. And seeing what he does at, you know, at nighttime, just letting the dogs get out, calling them by name and the commands they do. When he can go out there and put a full demonstration on, it is it's world class. It's, it's it's incredible. It's the best of the best. You know what I mean? Like you see somebody do their craft, and you go, "Oh, they're the best at what they do." When I watch Barton and his other trainers do what they do, they're the best. That's you know awesome. I mean? so, uh, this Southern Oak Summit is going to be. I'm so excited for it, and we have hundreds of events a year at Blue Delta. And I'm not going to lie to you, I'm I'm most excited about coming to Oklahoma, Mississippi for that one. Right. That's you know awesome, I mean? dude. Yeah, I've worked at John Calipari Fantasy Camp. I've done things at Memphis MA. I mean, I've done all kind of different things, but this is going to be the one I look forward to. It's going to be really cool. So cool. Awesome. I've got a personal question for you, Barton, as far as the dogs go. So you've got a mentality now, I'm under the assumption, that you kind of have to keep that at all times, like the military mindset as far as the training and you know the, the discipline of it. Do you ever get to just sit back and enjoy being around a dog and lay on the couch? Or yeah, so our our dogs are allowed to be dogs. Um, they are, you know, they get to get out and run and play at least four times a day. This was a short one because we wanted, you know, when we let them out a while ago. But in the daytime, they get to run, play, and I'll I'll literally just come down in the morning, grab a tennis ball grab 10 dogs and go walk all the way to the back of the property and all the way back here. <laughs> and they run around, they jump on me, they go nuts. I'll make them sit. I'll make everyone sit sure. for a minute to remind them you're under control. 
and then I give them the command go play, which basically means do what you want. And uh, and then yeah, we have a few that come inside. My puppy Vader, he went. He has this year alone as a puppy about twenty five thousand miles in the trailer, traveling across the country hunting wow. ducks with me. And so he went into every lodge. He slept by my side. You know, he's yeah. kind of experienced the puppy life. Kane, the old man, you know, he's our. I was stud about dog. to call him. He's Kane. the OG. Yeah, the OG. He's you know the only at this point field trial champion who earned that in England proper. That's in the country, and he earned every bit of it. And man, he's a stud. He's a producer, and so. Um, with with Kane, he'll come in the lodge and he'll come around the fire pit and 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 honestly, on nights when we grill out in the parking lot, we'll have ten, twelve dogs just sitting around while we're out and they're all on place boards so they won't move, but everyone just loves all over them and yeah. Well, I can tell you this, Barton. I'm in the funeral industry and that's how I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is is sitting outside of your lodge grilling with 12 dogs yeah, hanging we, out. We, we, you've we got an Oklahoma funeral home. We can make that work. We're, we're literally a mile away. <laughs> Dude, I need to work it out where we're like, you know, we talk with certain families and like right before the funeral, we just bring a litter of puppies up there. So hold on, okay. hold on, hold on. McKinley and I, we, That's yes, incredible yes, we idea. talk about things often that the funeral home can upcharge and add their package. <laughs> so, for instance, instead of playing music, I want McKinley to be like a funeral singer. We can work this out. Puppy. Like, can we puppy bring up, the dog? Would you like the puppy package? Because they're so well trained. Think, mm. no, think about it. When people are in the hospital or when people pass away, they use dogs for grieving. Yes, there if, are if, grieving service dogs. Yes, yes. That, I'm telling that's you. like stuff that like that would be stuff that like makes me cry. No man, like you know, you got somebody on their last leg and they get to play with ten puppies. Yeah. I'd be in there like Not, cutting onions. Yeah, we've got two pups in there right now that you hear them. I There's can't tell you how bad I want to go in there. Her name's Phoenix. Her sister's the one making noise. Her name's Jenny. Belongs to a client. And it's awesome you, that you know who's making noise. Oh yeah, Phoenix. <laughs> no, I know. I know that all my dogs bark. People are like, how do you know the difference at night? I'm like, I know how they run. You know what you your know, kids? My you dogs. know how your kids sound. But so. man, when 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 those two dogs get out, Phoenix is calm, sweet. Jenny is like, you know, when you take the stem off a bottle rocket and you light it, mm-hmm. and you don't know where it's gonna go. That's how Jenny is, and that's oh. the one making the noise right there. You let her in. That's exciting everywhere. sometimes, though. It is. But, yeah, there are grieving. I and mean, we sell some service dogs who do, uh, like, PTSD service dogs. Sure. Anti, uh, or dogs that help with anxiety. Sure. Um, and then we've had, like, a peanut allergy dog. Really? Uh, we've yeah. had eight or nine Seizure dogs search and rescue dogs. That's and awesome. And we've had a couple diabetic alert dogs. And we, our stud dogs have been used to sire eight, ten service dog litters. Which sure. Which is really fun, man. It's cool to see. Do you, do you ever just get attached to one litter more so than I was another? about to ask that. Man, it's hard. People are always like, I don't know how you let them go. I'm like, well, uh, you come in here and clean their poop up. For <laughs> yes. And then you'll be. I was watching you earlier and you were like, man. Oh, when, yeah. When he pooped in the kennel, I was like, dude, I just let y'all out before baseball practice. What was like, his name? Chevy. I love Chevy. him. Chevy. Like, ah, he, yeah, he does. He was that. the. I was, I was telling Brian, he's the only one that didn't get play and bathroom privileges. Oh, yeah. yeah, he lost you privileges. Poop in your bed or your he did. He pooped his kennel. <laughs> yeah. he, you lost it, buddy. I was about to let you out. No, I'll let him out in a little bit. But, um, you know, there are some litters that I get really excited over. I'm a pedigree nerd. Most people don't give a rip. But I'm just. Like, it's all about genetics, right? Yeah, it's a, there, it plays a lot into it. Now you can create phenomenal genetics and ruin it with an environment. So you can give uh, a, a genetic. I see what you mean. You can give a very genetically sound dog to the wrong home, and they can ruin it. Right. And you look like an awful dog, and you can take dog with so-so genetics to the right home, and they can be great. You know, you can you can get lucky. What we do genetically is try to stack the odds as much in your favor as possible, mm-hmm. whether it's health, ability, temperament, looks, whatever. So we're genetically trying our best, but you can still ruin it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not a guarantee, but it's like, hey, we're handing you a blank slate, but it's the nicest slate we can give you. You yeah. know, and so you 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 could paint something nice on it, or you can make it ugly. Yeah. 
but uh, there are some litters that pedigree like like Phoenix in there. The pedigree is is a lot of lines I've worked hard to put in my kennel, and they all came together. And so I was like, well, you're staying with me. And so yeah, that it does happen. And then there are some litters that there there's some litters that are just really nice, man. There's some litters you go in there and and howl. My kennel manager, he'll walk in there with big old bowls of food, and all the pups just like sit and stare at him. And I'm like, oh man, there's other litters that. He'll walk in there with a bowl of food, and it sounds like World they're War trying three, to knock him know, down. Right? <laughs> wow! Everybody's screaming. You're like, I can't wait to get you boogers out of here. And rarely does it make a difference in how they are as a dog later on. Sure. But yeah, there's some litters that are easier. Some litters that you just know, like you babies attached to. So, <laughs> yeah, I have four kids, and there's some of them that are easier than I love every one of them, but some right. are easier than the others. Well, I tell you, of the, of the uh, thousands of folks to listen to the podcast every week, uh, a lot of them aren't well versed in actually like what a kennel club is, like what, what you do. So they view um, something like this they, along the lines of what we all hear about the terrible things about, you know, the, the puppy kennel factories, if you will. Yeah, puppy mills. Yeah, puppy mills, yeah. I, this is, like I said, this is the Ritz-Carlton. Like this, I, I Literally. Have, they, these, 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 these dogs went to Yale. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they live better than I live. And literally. I live, I live literally. in two bedroom to a bed. I crapped in my bedroom one. last night. <laughs> yeah, your mom didn't let you out to play either. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I would like for you to speak about... Just, I mean, in yeah. Just so people know the difference of this. And yeah, that. you know and, what and I mean. You know, it's hard because what what makes something a puppy mill? You know, for honestly, in England, there are not a lot of places that do quality gun dogs that produce more than just a small handful of litters a year. And it's hard for some of them to understand what we do. And I get that. I'm sympathetic to that. They don't see it. They don't. They, there are. Uh, I think someone told me the numbers the other day. There are about ten to twelve percent as many Labradors registered in the United Kingdom as there are duck hunters in this country. Wow. So they could never produce enough to supply the need we yeah. have here, right? right? So it's very, di- the market is different here. But even then, like w- the way I scaled this business, you know, I, we could build big whelping facilities and just pump out puppies right here and sell them all. But I don't want to do that. I want the pups to have an experience like they should. So instead of we, we have a limit, we can only do four litters at a time here. Like right now, there's two puppies on this whole place, and they're 12 weeks old. There's no no right. litters on the ground at this point. We have decided to open up other campuses where puppies can be born in a home or in a whelping room that's like a home, raised with kids, socialized with kids, where there's a limited number on it. So in, rather than growing in one location, we've added locations where we could – we could add the litters to keep up with the demand, but we could do it in such a way where the mama dogs get to live an awesome life. Yeah, and so love that. I've heard, man. We've seen, I've seen videos of of you know puppy men, people busting in, and there's you know a hundred mm. mama dogs, and they're in they're stuck in kennels with others, and they're covered in fleas. And it it personally like gets my blood. Oh boiling. man, you see the Facebook articles and mm-hmm. things, and you also hear about there's tra- a training facility in Arkansas recently, recently that people were paying to send their dogs to. And the guy was lying. He was telling people their dogs were snake bit. He was refusing to. People had no idea the address. It was kind of weird, man. And like he was letting all these dogs die. They were dying on his property. He was burying them. And it she all in jail? I think so. he's not. He'd be drawn. I'll kill him. Yeah, I will. I will bad, kill man. him with my bare hands. Facebook outrage has been insane. But we, it, yeah, it makes it hard for us because I'm like, man, well, you can trust your dog. But my trainers, man, you met Wally. Wally, oh, yeah. yeah, he's a trainer from SOK North. Every day, he's training dogs all day, and at least once a week, he's making cool videos of people's dogs, texting them to them. Right. We tell our folks, you're always welcome here. Client communication's a big deal. Love yeah, that. It's very, they need to know what to expect. They need to see their dog. They want to see what their dog's up to. 
even for us, we're like, hey, come meet the parents. See the conditions. Right, yeah. Our mama dogs will go and live with different outfitters if they're not having pups uh, across the country and hunt ducks. And I'm like, hey, look, here's the rules. Take them hunting. Make sure they obey in the field. They can come inside. They can sleep whatever you're comfortable with. They can live on the couch and eat Doritos if you want them to. Treat them like you're, they're your dog, like a family dog. McKinley wants to feed his <laughs> That's dog. right. I want the Dorito couch dog. I mean, that's it. You know, they need to be dogs, too. Yeah. And so we, we try to make sure all of our dogs experience that. Totally family friendly, right? Totally great around kids. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I thought, I assume so. I, love I have that. four kids, and, um, you know. There's no way you could do it if you, you know. No. So my kids come down here all the time, and, like, my, Miriam, my youngest, even today, she's, like, grabbing dogs and pulling their ears <laughs> and squeezing them and all that they're okay and with it oh yeah they're wagging their tail they they love it but if they if it if, if my kids came down and a dog showed aggression that dog is going to be rehomed immediately to a single guy out in the country somewhere who loves mm-hmm. a duck hunt and just say hey look right. here's this dog for real cheap and don't breed it you know we have it spayed whatever because we just can't it's just there's too many risks involved there now puppy wise when my kids come home from school in the afternoon they hop on their scooters they ride down the driveway they come in the puppy room and they just love on pups which is a cool life. Can you adopt me? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because it. you know you, when you're when you're a small business owner, you have to find out every way you can to not give all of your money to the government. Right. And they allow you to pay your children for like jobs around your thing. And you know, technically, child labor laws. You have to be very careful what you pay them for. Like if you know, we post a lot of pictures of our kids on Instagram. Right. So we you pay do. them for advertising. You know that sort of thing. But. Uh, what I want to write is like puppy socializer. That's why I pay my child. Because, I want man, my next job here. title to be puppy socializer. That's it, That's it man. I'm like, hey, we'll tell them. Like, hey, you guys are, are a little wild in the house right now. Go down. Beth, I'll be down here in my office, and she'll text me. Kids are coming down there wild. And I'm like, all right, play with pups. Get in there. I'll endorse you on your LinkedIn profile if you put down puppy socializer. <laughs> Say I won't. <laughs> Say I won't. I'll second the motion. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. Well, look, I'm going to go ahead. Before we wrap it up, we, McKinley and I, we've asked you a bunch of dog questions. And we all know yeah. we are not worthy of the love that our pets give us. I mean, no. you know. I got uh, three at home waiting on me right now. Yeah. I got, now I'm going to, like, love them harder tonight. I have a cat about 430 in the morning. He's just going to scratch me wanting food, but I love him. You know what I mean? We all mm. They, they right. love us unconditionally. They don't know any better. They you know if that makes sense. I have to interrupt. We do have one cat here. I saw it. We his, saw. Yeah, we saw. His name is Michael. I couldn't catch him. Michael. Uh, he is the best cat oh. that you've ever met. He loves every dog. If we start letting dogs out, Michael will walk in the parking lot and roll over on his back to let dogs come and lick him and sniff him and all that. <laughs> Michael's my second favorite cat. We had a I'm young married. dog the other day pick Michael up and retrieve him to his owner. Delivered really? to hand. Michael just laid in his mouth. <laughs> Got to the owner. Owner just That's took incredible. It. Our mouse population has been reduced to zero. Oh man, oh, they're, they're he, gets the best. His, he gets his little bit of dog food out of the bag. He'll rip a hole in the bag and eat the corner out of it. That's fine. That's his ration. And, and cats are real resilient animals. They are, oh my I mean, gosh. Our birds in the lodge are now. They bring gone. you little treats by the yeah, door. We have birds in the barn. They're gone. The birds have left. Thankfully, they yeah. were pooping on everything. Michael just runs the place. And Big he has, Mike. He has, Michael has the ability to be wherever it is you're about to be. We'll walk out to a training spot in the field, and Michael's already there, and we don't know how. Funny thing about cats and dogs is Barton's a world-class dog trainer, and all his group is, and they train these dogs, but that cat's training him. That's, That's right. You know, you know what I mean? It. The That's cat's it. training him. He's got a real Milo and Otis yeah. vibe going on with Michael yeah. for sure. Yeah. So where are your other – real quick before we ask you the real cool questions that are non-dog related, where are your other campuses at? So we have a campus in Michigan called SOK North okay. in Athens, Michigan. We have a campus in Saltillo, Mississippi, just north of here. It's SOK Saltillo with Brad Robertson. And the, and we have a campus in Charleston, uh, SOK East, 
what qualifies as a campus is somewhere where we have mama dogs producing puppies and client dogs in training. Awesome. In in number. Then we have what's called outposts. Outposts are guys like Corey Wages. Corey was our first outpost. My dog. I That's love Corey. It, dude. Like Good dude phenomenal. right there. I mentioned him as the best shooter on my high school basketball team. <sighs> he did. There it is. He's going to love yeah. that. And Corey, honestly, was just a great friend. He got into dog training. He had been a horse trainer. He's good at it. Immediately a natural dog trainer, just phenomenal at it. And he, Corey has a career that he does not need to leave to train dogs. It would be a poor decision. I don't need him to leave either because he does all my banking. But he's so good at it, it, be, it became like a, a hobby that paid for itself and paid for some other hobbies, I feel like it's right? His, I feel like it's his passion. It's a, right. Mm-hmm. So, so an outpost is a place where dogs get to go. In small number, Corey has anywhere from two to four client dogs at a time and one of our mama dogs. He's actually about to get a new stud dog for us. We've, we've already secured the dog, and he's coming over. He's going to live at Corey's house, which would be really fun. That's awesome. And Corey's dogs are treated so what Carissa loves on them all the time. Absolutely. You know? and so, uh, my stud dog was over there the other day, and he sent a picture of Carissa and Bruno on the back porch, and he was like, you better hurry because she's got them on she'll, the belly. She's on his back, back yeah. scratching that oh, belly man. and all that. But So an out, we have outposts in uh, Pontotoc, Mississippi, in uh, Wisconsin, and we are opening up an outpost in Kentucky. And so we have this year at what we call headquarters. And so we have headquarters, and then three other campuses, and then three outposts. That's, man. The brand, I'm telling you, the it's footprint's growing. growing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to make it so that we, we, you know, the biggest thing is finding people that are actually on brand for us, and that's hard. All the people that run these campuses and outposts are people that we became very close friends with before they ever asked about you know, we were like, hey, well, how do you feel about this? And they're like, well, we were kind of waiting on you to ask. We, we get a lot of people like, hey, how can I can I open up an outpost? And we're like, ah, you know, being on brand is important for us and that. But I would love eventually to have a place where everywhere across this country, people are just a couple hours from an SOK outpost mm, and, and they can it. experience it, you know, close to home. Well, that that our last kennel question is at least what I'd like <sighs> – I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, actually. What do – as far as – you know, we talked about what you're doing, where you've been, how you got here. I guess the summit was a big deal for you. So what, as far as a big expenditure, what's next for you? Oof. Or do you even know? I don't know. You know, we are always trying to import new blood, you know, new sure. stud dogs and new this and new that. So, I, I mean, I don't know. And I've, I've got Cornerstone Gundog Academy. We haven't talked about that. That's my second company. That's really where it's all kind of gone. So Cornerstone Gundog Academy is an online dog training program. Cool. Teaches people how to train their own dogs. I got. Honestly, I need that. I got tired of answering the same questions over. Sure, there. Everybody sure. take a puppy home. They want to know X, Y, and Z. And I was like, man, I wish I could figure out a way to tell these people all the same thing. So, me and some guys from Birmingham invented this. You know, people had dog training DVDs and books, and I just thought, man, it's 2000 at that point, 17. I don't have a lot of people that read books. I don't have a DVD player except in my Yukon. You right. know, and so we put it all online. You can watch it all on your That's phone. Cool. We're kind of the first ones to do that. And that's been really fun, and it's been more successful than I ever dreamed it would be. You mentioned that to me a long time ago when you had just kind of unveiled that. 160 videos online, subscription-based. You can buy a lifelong, complete membership to the Academy. Your library is full of all of our our videos and everything we do and everything we will do. That's awesome. And it's been really fun. Yeah. 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 That's kind of the way we're going. Well, enough dog questions. Okay. I know we could talk about it all night. The good boys and good girls. Literally. Literally, we could. But um, I got a couple – questions i want to ask you i know mckinley's got a couple of non-dog questions before we wrap it up two things i want to know your death row or your last meal like if you said okay barton ramsey has one more meal what would it be 
you're a connoisseur of food. You you go to yeah. a lot of places around here, but yeah. what would it be? I'm definitely I'm I'm a uh, maybe a redneck foodie. I'm definitely a foodie, uh, and that so that's very difficult there because there's a, it's a big list. But I'm gonna be honest with you, it's like a um, I'm a steak and potatoes kind of guy. Amen. And there's a lot of places around here that do it really well. I mean, we're only a few minutes from Anthony's here in West Point. That's right. You know, there's a lot of places that do it well. And there's one place that I don't know if it gets a lot of love. I don't know if it's because of the because of where it is being on the square in Oxford. But the ribeye special bone in at Oxford Grill House with the blue cheese and oh. thick cut bacon on top with a loaded baked potato and you know, probably like a, a wedge salad. When I eat that, I'm like, th- when I eat it, I think to myself all the time, this could be it. I could die happy after eating this. What, what's, the, what's the bourbon you're drinking with it or the whiskey? Oh, man. Uh, at that sort of setting, I'd love to have like a glass of Angel's Envy on the rocks. Because okay. that's the first nice bourbon I ever had. Okay. And there's like a nostalgia to Angel's Envy. It's like, hey, this is it. That's that's a good one. Now let me tell you the second one. The second one is if you could go back in time and reopen Malone's Fish and Steakhouse. Get out! Oh shut the front gosh. door, bar. Get out of here. Give me all you can eat catfish with their cheap fries and the best hush puppies you can ever have. And the salad have bar life. as well. Salad bar. They had the best Thousand Island dressing bar. Oh, oh, that's no joke. Where did that come from? Heaven, man. Straight out of heaven. I grew up going there all the time as a child. Same you know, here, right? man. My, my granddad would go there and order a baked potato, and he would take his own stick of real butter because they had that squeeze like <laughs> parquet yeah, butter. Yeah, yeah. He would have his own stick of real butter in his front pocket and pull it out and stick butter on it. I don't know how I'm, anyway but yeah that should I, be the next Barton Ramsey venture he said he didn't know what to do next I think Malone the new Malone <laughs> dude someone said that the guy that cooks fish at Steel's is is related to them or part of that crew and I have noticed the hush puppies and the fish at Steel's are, are very close to Malone's but like that just Malone's right. like just that whole if, if if you told me you could bring me an all you can eat Malone's catfish meal oh. I'd say yeah, that's it. I'd that eat until it. they killed me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we had we had a catfish eating competition there in high school, and I ate 16 whole catfish. Whoa. Yeah, threw up everywhere. All in the, park- okay. all in the gravel parking lot. Totally right there worth it. All right, well, I got one more, <laughs> and I'm going to turn it over to Mac before we finish up. You're a big music guy like me. Okay. You got a two-band or two-performer concert. You can only choose two. Who would it be? They have to be alive. An opener? No, no. They can be from anybody, you know, your, your musical genre. I want an opener and a, and a headliner. <laughs> Man, the opener, we've just been talking about this, is going to be a close between um, Sturgill or Jason Isbell. They can um, they can both open. Okay. They yeah. can, they oh, can we're doing that they can be, You can have those two on the same stage. It's Man, cool. that's the, the, it's just two men. They're very different, <laughs> and it honestly depends on like what mood I'm in, right. you know, but those two are, are, I think, some of the best singer-songwriters of our generation, um, and I'd love to. All I, Around You by Sturgill is uh, one of my favorite songs of all time. So I discovered, this is not part of the question, but I discovered Sturgill early on by chance um, listening when Spotify first came out with their radio, mm-hmm. you know, like all of a sudden, they didn't even tell you. You'd be listening to a band. I would click on an album, and it would go through the album a few times, and then all of a sudden, it would just start playing other stuff. And I was like, "What is this stuff?" You know, I didn't ask it to play this, but it was like choosing for me, which is kind of like the old iTunes Genius playlist, right. you right. know. But Spotify did it on their own. Okay, so when Spotify did that, I was listening to Lucero from Memphis. Absolutely. One of my favorite bands. Yeah. I used to ride BMX with the guys in Lucero. 
And uh, Ben so, Nichols. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Love Ben. Like the great, great yeah. guys. And then all those bands love Lucero. Right. You know, they're some of the OGs on that that little field of music, that genre. And I was listening to Lucero, and all of a sudden, I started playing some some of the early Sturgill stuff. And I was like, well, "Who is this dude?" That High Town Mountain album was awesome. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Man, this guy's like got this." weird old school country new school attitude like it was, it was i loved it and then i heard he was coming to tupelo and anyway so sturgill there's a certain mood there and then jason isbel honestly dealing with just a very low spot personally in my life several years ago uh is when he came out with his out i can't remember the which southeastern album. yeah the southeastern album when he basically got out of rehab and wrote mm-hmm. all these songs songs she sang in the shower and cover me up <sighs> cover me up was obviously for a lot Ooh, of people man. just the one you know you just listen to that and they're like no matter what you meant by this here's how i feel yeah. listening to it and uh there's a very low spot in my life that i've i've come out of i feel like on top and has made me a better person made my marriage better, my, me a better father, and a large part of it was listening to Jason Isbell. When you're feeling good, you feel the the music. When you're feeling bad, you feel the lyrics. That's you it. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. Is, yeah. That's exactly right. And that's how Hi, I say Brian. it was you're Sturgill welcome. and Jason. That's exactly right. So when I'm feeling good, I like Sturgill. When I'm feeling yeah. bad, I like listening to Jason Isbell's lyrics. So that would be my opener, and headliner is, without a doubt, the original Eagles. Awesome. Uh, now with that's with Timothy B. Schmidt. Timothy Schmidt, yeah, because yeah. he needs, to, yeah, he because the he's songs that he wrote, songs. his voice now, whether or not he's, yeah, even even him ripping on a bass, you know, every time I've yeah. seen him live, he's played with them. So, yeah, the 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 nineteen seventy eight or nineteen ninety four Eagles, whichever one, you know, right I, there. I, I want to hear "Take It to the Limit" and go home. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big part of why I can't remember the guy's name that sang that song, but he was the original bassist. Oh, and Glenn Frey wanted to kick his ass. Well, you know that's a that's a big part. That song is yeah. a big part of why he left the band. He didn't want to because he didn't want to sing it. They want to force mm-hmm. him to sing it. And yeah. uh, oh man, I can't remember that guy's name, but I've seen that documentary. It was great. Yeah, History of the Eagles. Yeah, that's that a good awesome. one. Yeah. What you got, Mac? I know you got a couple before we shut it down. Well, despite being ultimately moved by your song and lyrics comment a minute ago, um, a couple things. I've, I've, and I, I, I hate to go back to the dog thing, but I've got I've got one question that that pertains not to the dogs and the two that do. First question: Brian was asking about food, and then he asked about music. It got me to thinking because this occupies a ton of your time. What hobbies do you have outside of the dogs? Man, it's hard. So the the only hobby I have outside of the dogs is is duck hunting. Like which, just legit straight Which up is duck because of the dogs, right? Right. And so when I duck hunt, it is about the dogs, but duck hunting is my hobby and my passion. So like right now, all my buddies are turkey hunting. Corey sure. Way just killed one Saturday. I ha- yeah, I've seen a bunch of turkeys on the Instagram. And everyone's like, you'd love turkey hunting. I'm like, I'm sure I would, but I don't have time. And you're scared to, to get into I don't it because you don't want to be that guy. Any, I don't hunt deer. I don't do any of that. And, and I love music. I love going to concerts. That's fun, but we have to space those out. Honestly, man, I try to make my hobby my wife and my kids. And that's that's, awesome. that's it for me. I have four beautiful kids. My wife is a smoke show. And yeah, you, you're a handsome dude. You uh, got kicked your coverage. Wife Bethany's is, way prettier than yeah, you. You're it's, handsome. It's insane. Dude. I'm reminded every day. I'm like, yeah, look at you. You know, she's and she's she's passionate, great talented. Mom smart as a whip I mean, she's working on a master's degree right now that's awesome graduated same degree as me with a higher gpa you know just a nice <laughs> yeah. reminder so it was just honestly in my mind just perfect in every way even though she's imperfect 
And so to be able to spend time with her, do weekly date nights if we can, four sure. kids. I, I am awful at sports, dude. You probably remember this from high school. <laughs> I'm the least athletic guy. So I'm here, I'm out here. Which like, is trying. a shame to be six foot four. Yeah. Yes, I, was on the swi- I was on the swim team, you know, and my, my daughter's on swim. I'm okay. trying to help her. My son is first baseball practice was today. Yeah, you told me. And man, my wife's like, you got any, you know, he's like, Dad, what'd you learn in baseball? I was like, last thing I remember the coach telling me my last baseball game I ever played, which was coach pitch, was Barton, get up, quit picking grass, and pay attention. <laughs> last thing I remember. So, like, you know, I don't have any, sure. but like hanging out with them, playing with whatever it is they want to do. That's, That's awesome. the hobby. And then duck hunting, man. And, and my business allows me to travel 30,000 plus miles in my truck with a dog trailer all over this country hunting with the coolest people. That's so awesome. And that's it, man. I get to stay, man. This year I made friends with these guys at Falco Outfitters in Oklahoma. I went there like six times just to hang out with them sure. and kill ducks. Like that's the that's the passion. That's so cool. And what's great is it's limited to a season. That's right. So it doesn't get to overrun my life. And you don't have to hang out with those guys all year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, when it ends, Bethany's like, oh, we've been looking forward to the end of duck season. You know, like it, it ends, yeah. and I'm like, all right, it's over. Right. I get to look forward to the next one. But otherwise, I think it would just dominate me. Oh, right? sure. You, know? you do so it way it's, too it's, much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. Is right. Randy Meisner the guy from the Eagles? That's it. Randy okay. Meisner. Popped him yeah. there, Randy Meisner. I remember when Fry said And he's very, very upset about all of it. You know, He was in the the – the documentary just really butthurt about <laughs> his departure. All right, I'm going to skip one of my questions because it's not fair, and I'll ask you when we go off air. My second question, can I please, God, go play with those puppies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Phoenix and, and, and Jeannie, man, they were awesome. happy to play with you, and you can run around with them. They'll love it. Well, man, we can't thank you enough for letting us come down here, man. It's been great. We appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us. We're excited for you uh, for some of the stuff you're doing. Me and Brian are full – Full-fledged planning on coming to the Crawfish Bowl at the Summit. I'll be at the Summit. Yeah, y'all need to be at the Summit. And thank you guys for having me on and chatting and for doing an awesome podcast, man. It's been – I love podcasts. We we built Cornerstone with a podcast, an outdoor podcast uh, called HP Outdoors. And uh, early on, I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I was listening to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk because my degree is in biblical theology. So, like, when it came to growing a business, I was like, you know, like, it was all sort of accident, you know. So, I'm listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, and several years ago, he was like, podcast the way of the future. And I was like, what's a podcast? You know, and so I looked it up. People ask us that now, too. Man, it's still, it's still, but, man, like, just to be able to put out there, not even me, but, like, even listening to you guys chat with Mitch, you know, it's like, man, I know Mitch. We've we've shared meals together, and he's a friend. But, like, just listening to his heart and where he's from, you guys have got a cool, true lifestyle conversation thing going on, and I appreciate it. appreciate you guys having me. It's fun. I appreciate you letting us pet those dogs earlier. Yeah, and um, we're speaking of which, we're going to take a break, and we're going to go play with some puppies. Man, thank you again for coming. You've been awesome, Barton. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What a fantastic interview. That was really awesome. Dude, okay, so there's no there's no way, and you and I have talked about this since, there's no way you can appreciate what they do down there until you go see it. No, absolutely. And the summit, man, we've got to do that. Like, I really, I really, really want to go to the summit and eat all that food and see all those dogs and those good boys and girls. Watts Barbecue. Yeti gonna be there. Blue Delta is gonna be there, dude. All the all the cool kids, literally. 
man, in, in Oklahoma. I, I still can't get over that. I still can't get over that. Because everybody in, you know, the Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma, you know, 20 years ago, or maybe 15 years ago, was Reggie Gunn. I was about to say, yeah. Waverly McClendon, the late Senator Jack Gordon, and Jack Gregory, the NFL star. Barton Ramsey's now on the Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma. There's two new, pe- two new faces, Barton Ramsey. And Jacoria Stanfield and Mitch McCain. They just got to have two, two yeah. Mount Rushmores. Yeah, I mean, man, you can build a, build a really nice pickup basketball game and Sheffery out there. With oh. them, so, You know, what's really cool is um, the, I guess you would call it, the campus he has. Yes. It is a world-class facility right there in Oklahoma. And I... I <laughs> I don't take care of myself as well as Barton and his training staff take care of those dogs. It is Im- impressive. That hose that he – so, folks, he has this, like, water hose that's probably got, like, some kind of, like, $483 contraption on the end it's of it. has got the waters of Lake Minnetonka. It's a, like, <laughs> it's a spritz. <laughs> but the second he cuts it on, it just goes, like, full blast like you've never seen a hose. And he cleans his – you know, he cleans all the pins out with it. And I was just – he was sitting there talking like everything was casual before we even started interviewing. I was just sitting there watching this hose the whole time. <laughs> but, it, Bruno, it was or, no, it was uh, there was one that lost the uh, lost his his potty privileges. Yeah, used the bathroom. He in used his the kennel. bathroom in his kennel, so you lose potty privileges. And he told him he's talking to him like an adult. He yeah. was like, he didn't get to go I'm to sorry. recess. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Jack, but you lost your potty privileges, so we uh, you know, you you're just going to stay in tonight. Yeah, it was really cool. He we were sitting in the lodge, and his dogs were barking, and he knew exactly what to it was. That blew my mind. And he was right. I mean, he, he that was the pups. That was the pups. Yeah, Phoenix and. Uh, what was the little Look at you name? remembering all these names. Oh, I had a I had a relationship with Phoenix. Wait, you know, um, yeah, I, I've I've been friends with for, with Barton for a while, and in one of his, uh, I call him co-conspirators over there at Corey Wages, and I've been oh, following yeah. their social media. They do a tremendous job on really Instagram, do. by the way. And uh, the Facebook group that I said that I infiltrated uh, jokingly is really neat. They all rely on each other for answers, and they're coming into town for the summit, and they're saying, "Hey, man, where's the best place to go? Where's the best place to stay?" They got, you know, all the suggestions from Barton and sure. the crew telling them, hey, man, it's going to be a really neat thing that the city of Tupelo is not really aware of that's happening. I mean, you bring in oh, yeah. 250 to 300 people from out of the area to this town. They're staying kind of at the Hilton. You know, that's and, right. And there are good places like that. And, uh, I mean, they're going to be at your KOKs, the Thirsty Devil. There's no doubt. And it's it's going to be a lively time that they're not even ready for. And it's going to be it's going to be cool. And I lo- one thing I love about this, the summit, is there's people coming from all over the U.S., and it put it shines a good light on Northeast Mississippi. You know, like cause, I mean, you know how people think about Mississippi, man, and they're like, you know, y'all still ain't got shoes and electricity. I'm sorry, right, time out. Why don't you come on down to Southern Oak to this this summit, and you'll see what we've got. Absolutely, and it's special, man. It's, it really is. It's gonna so. be a world class. You know, it, shout out to Barton for really pulling the curtain back and giving us the look. You know what I mean? Well, we got like, the grand tour. We got really the red cool. carpet I mean, treatment. The, the lodge is a first class facility right there in his backyard. It was an old barn. It looked like something that would be in like Vail at a ski resort. Right. Yeah. When I get on Airbnb and I go out of town and I look for something really cool, this is the thing that you would rent for thousands of dollars. This, yeah. This is the one that you can't afford. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we no would pack. Kidding. We would pack twenty friends in that six bed. <laughs> lodge. All right, guys. One hundred eighteen dollars a piece for y'all, three days. Y'all, if anything up and my credit card gets charged, you're dead. My dad will kill me. <laughs> but you know, all, uh, it got me. It got me thinking. Um, uh, Kane is the old, the old head there. Kane's you know, Kane the and, stud. Yeah, yeah, and, the old uh, stud. And they got a, You know, they. It, it's kind of a. He's a like a revered dog. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it kind of got me thinking. Uh, 
we are not worthy of the love of our pets. I think I even maybe said that to you, but who's your you're you're an animal lover to the tenth degree. Which tell me about your favorite pet. So right. one of them special so, to you. So you know one, right? And that's Miss Lucy. Her name's not Miss Lucy, but I call her Miss. Sometimes I call her. She's princess. earned. She's earned the label. She's of ten years old. She is a dachshund basset hound mix. Now I don't know how the physics of that one night stand happened, <laughs> but if you look at her, I mean she's the size of a basset, a little bit smaller than a basset hound. Droopy gut hangs. But she's long. She's got a black coat with a little brown nose like a wiener dog. Mm-hmm. So I got her. She's 10 years old. Um, we didn't know. This is actually kind of a funny story about her. She's. I have two other dogs, Zeke and Jonesy, who I got from, you know, they're they're, they're adopted. They're I'm their stepfather, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Shout out to your friends for leaving them. <laughs> Shout out to me for being the father That's they right. don't deserve. <laughs> but anyway, um, Lucy... We knew she was born, like, in the middle of February when I got her. I got her from, it was actually my third cousin, got her as a Christmas gift, didn't want her. She started walking, she, we lived next door to my second cousin, her dad, and the dog just started wandering over. And, you know, she wanted to play with Zeke, the other dog, my sister's dog at the time. Right. Now my dog. And uh, we just kind of hit it off, and she just took to me, and I took to her, but we knew she was born in the middle of February. We just didn't know what day exactly, so I put, I put on all her stuff. Like where, you know, where, you know, they want her date if she was born so I can do all her shots and stuff. So I just wrote down Valentine's Day. Look just you, be, you hopeless romantic. Just that's here. what I'm saying. Just being a hopeless romantic with my dog. They, but like, so on Valentine's, on Valentine's Day, I try to do something special for Lucy. Oh, man. So <laughs> that, so, that's the kind of dog person I am. You're so sweet. You're so but sweet. But I don't, I don't dress her up. She doesn't like that. <laughs> she, no. she doesn't wear dresses. No She's, a yeah. She's a tomboy. She's a tomboy. I see that in her. Yeah, absolutely. She uh, she eats poo sometimes. So <laughs> she, she's still a dog. She ate poo again. <laughs> she ate the poo again. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, uh, I, uh, I kind of, funny thing about animals, I went through phases in my life. Sure. I grew up uh, in East Tennessee. My mother... Um, I lived up there and lived in the mountains. Um, I had a horse named Gonzo. Really? Oh, yeah. I was a cowboy. I used to ride. I used to dress up like Garth Brooks and go win blue ribbons at uh, horse shows. Well, amen to that. Walk, trot, and canter. You know, all that kind of stuff. Quarter horses. Um, but I, uh, we had a horse named Gonzo. And uh, I had dogs named Lady and Buttons. But anyway, I went from that phase. And then I moved in with my father. And it was all basketball sports. Sure. Animals no are time an, Animals are, are an overrated expense. You know, you know blah, blah, blah. Well... <clears throat> A few years ago, being an older, you know, gotten older, I, I was uh, I, I came ac- across this wonderful cat, and he has changed my life. And I want to give a shout you out. You talk to about him a lot, Murray Cosmo, named after, of course, Bill Murray and Cosmo Kramer. Uh, but I have become a one hundred percent a cat guy, and uh, he's a big old black cat, part Maine Coon. Got him from the Tupelo Lee Humane Society. And uh, fantastic, and he is. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a cat guy. I wasn't a big lover of animals, and he though has single handedly b- made me a lover of all animals now. I love that. You know what? I mean? Besides so, snakes, though, right? No snakes. I, I'm, I snakes and spiders can get out. I don't even classify them as real animals. Me neither. They're spawns from Demons. below us. Yes, even but, in uh, the Bible, you yeah. read about yeah, snakes. I, I was the guy who wouldn't stop for a squirrel in the road. You know what I mean, or a rabbit? Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm creeping around. Now oh. it's it's crashing a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's stopping and hitting my horn, you know, and it's all thanks to Murray. And uh, shout out to the Tupelo Humane Society for doing what they do. I have been to, I've been there one time. They got the new place, yeah. Dude, the, first first and foremost, shout out to the city of Tupelo. Shout out to Jason Shelton. Shout out to the people at the 
the Tupelo Lee Humane Society. This new facility is absolutely top-notch. It's right down the road from us. We had to go by. I forget what I went by there one day for. I think it was for an address for another one. But I'm telling you, man, it is state-of-the-art. They can house more animals now. And Brian's probably like I am. Like, I see that dog that doesn't have a home on the side of the road. I'd give anything in my power to pick it up. I just can't because I got three more. I I cry. Uh, I cry watching the Sarah McLachlan commercial now. Dude, I I, I change the channel. I I can't take it. for real. It's tough. But, um... But shout out to them, no kidding, because they do a fantastic and job. And what I like what they what they do is they're not just a humane society that you know just says, uh, "Here's your cats, here's your dogs, spay and neuter them." And if yeah. You if you don't get them, you know, we do whatever. They have events. They bring up, like they have yoga with it, cats. It's insane. Now, I can't bend at all. You know what I mean? But I would no. But I would go up there and hang out with the kitties. And the other day they had a lot of cats adopted. Obviously, it was a very uh, good event. So they had like yoga with dogs. Sure, you know, what I mean, and they had another success. It, 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 uh, shout out to them, okay. and uh, they they do all kind of things. But they have another one coming up. They have an event actually. Yeah, that yeah. I wanted to touch on, uh, and it's it's going to be March the thirtieth. So that's going to be Saturday. Yes, this Saturday. It's called uh, Tables for Tales. It's a Tupelo Humane Society event, uh, hosted by Woody's Tupelo. It's hey. uh, it's a uh, it's a nice uh, nice event. Starts at six thirty. They've got uh, local celebrity waiters and waitresses. It's a uh, four-course meal, and uh, it'll be pretty nice. I think you should buy a ticket. You can, uh, I think you can get them at Woody's and probably at the Humane Society, uh, and you can also get them at Queen's Reward Meadery yes. as well. So you, sh- uh, you people who are uh, animal lovers or supporters of the Humane Society, do it. If you if you don't have time or you know uh, monetary resources throughout the year, or you just forget, just go have a good meal, combine it with this event, and Krista. One of my favorite drink servers on the planet. She'll take care of you. I know she will. She makes a uh, hell of a white Russian. Speaking so. of which, you said that it was a celebrity wait and waitress event. That should be our goal one day is to be able to be celebrity, local celebrity waiters and waitresses. Do you think Popeyes would let us run That's the window? That's what I was thinking. There is a new restaurant in town I need to mention. Speaking of Popeyes, it's on Gloucester. It is in that revolving door building next to Captain between Captain D's and Connie's. It's okay. a new restaurant like every four months. Absolutely. So Tupelo Owens here, the old Captain D's, right? It's the old Captain D's, yes. But it's been like thirty different things since. After then. you tell me about this, I got to tell you a funny story about Captain D's. Keep going. But, folks, I went last night. It just here's the reason why I wanted. What's it called? El Mesquite. Oh. With a Z. Okay. Um, I took a picture. <laughs> kind of like us with our Instagram and Twitter things. El no, Mesquite with an S was taken. <laughs> That's what happened. Anyway, but continue. if you're into authentic Mexican food, this place is for you. Uh, yesterday I went just because I was absolutely craving Mexican food. Uh, there's nothing in Plantersville. Well, El Corral was closed. There's a rest- Mexican restaurant. Plantersville was pretty good. Right but, by the gas station. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was closed. It was like 830. I just left work. And I just said, you know what? I've got to have it. The closest thing. And I just got on Google Maps, and I was sitting there thinking, I had it in my head, if the Casa or whatever was X amount of miles away, I wasn't going to do it, and I was just going to go to, like, Taco Bell. But it popped up, and it was the first one on my Google Map thing, and it's El Mesquite. And it is authentic Mexican food. When I say authentic, I mean, there's no – I guess I don't know if they put MSG, and it's not a, it's not a diss to – to, you know, the Mexican restaurants around the South, exactly. but it's just like it tasted. I've been to Mexico. I, I consider myself, you know, a, a 
a world traveler. I'm scared to go down there. I went on senior trip. I might trip. not come back. <laughs> it's the only I time might I make the lifestyle down there. But no kidding, man. Uh, it was tasted like the food that you got down there. Right. And it's it's corn flour tortilla. You know, like corn tortillas instead of flour tortillas. They like make every ground. Probably, yes, yeah, they right. make everything in house, man. And I had the Taco Tuesday. Six ninety five. Speaking of segments, we need to start. No kidding. <laughs> but it, I had the uh, the beef, the chicken, the steak, and the al pastor. Oh, tacos al pastor is delicious, dude. And, and it just gave, they gave me four. I had four, two different sa- handmade salsa and handmade chili ver- the green verde. Yeah. And then a, a bottled Sprite, b- glass bottle Sprite oh, for six ninety five. Worth, worth real sure. Oh, what's the dude. deal? And and I'm telling you, and the guy was, was best service. So you get a chance, and you're into some Mexican. You want to try something new? Check them out because I don't want to see them close in three months like every other restaurant right. that's there. So people near the hospital, go there. Order it yeah. if you work at the hospital and you want Mexican. It's a it's a stone. It's a Brett Favre bomb away from from your it's a nine work. Iron. It's your <laughs> John John Hancock's pitching wedge away. <laughs> so. Funny story about Captain D's, and I, I won't be able—I yeah, I won't be able to quote this story verbatim because this took place in probably 1999 or 2000. <laughs> but it is a funny story um, from the Loop days. Oh man, how's how did the Loop get three pod mentions? <laughs> <laughs> so people been tweeting me about being loopers. We touched a nerve there. Um, shout out to Sean. He 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 tweeted me that. Um, but anyway, so. Friends of mine riding the loop, and uh, they pick up a lady on the loop. You know, another high school girl. And back then, you like, what would happen? It was such a carefree time. You would meet people, and hey, you want to ride the loop with us? You would get in the car and ride the loop. You know, two or three of your buddies, three or four girls, and a big. Time out. So you actually rode it? Oh man, I thought you just sat. No, like you would like actually. This, this is an informative. You would actually get in your car and ride around the loop and like park in different parking lots and talk to different folks. Yeah, ride the loop. Like I mean, uh, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be seen in your Mustang. <laughs> Dude, I just, it's just like almost yeah, like I just yeah. had an epiphany. Like, yeah. this is never you, yeah. registered. It's like, I mean, you would park sometimes at the uh, Taco Bell. Sometimes you park in the old parking lot by the by the Rebel Inn. Sometimes at Rebel yeah. Inn. Sometimes down there where you make the turn to the right. Like in, Can you know. I tell you before you finish, and I'll be quick, I thought that everybody just kind of had their designated spot, and you can't get somebody else's spot. Well, that was, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the case, but, like, sometimes... You'd be like, hey, man, let's just go make a loop. And, like, okay, you would just go hop in the car no, and make the loop. And you come back to So, anyway, my buddies, they picked up with this girl, a couple girls maybe, and they were all just riding around having a good time. And uh, they were asking her, like, what would be your ideal date? So, this is 1999 or 2000. And she said, oh, man, you know, I would like somebody to get me a room at the Ramada. <laughs> maybe a nice jacuzzi bath and take me someplace nice to eat. And, like, Captain D's. And when she said that... <laughs> You can imagine the look you're giving me. Right? <laughs> I have no words, and I like Captain D. I know. So that's always the joke now. Whenever we always talk about going someplace nice, it's been 20 years since this happened, but we always, hey man, why don't you go someplace nice? Go Captain D's. Whenever we have buddies that go on first dates, you know, in the group text, like you know, like me or somebody when they go on a date with somebody, man, why don't you, where are you gonna take her someplace nice? And I just know it's coming, like Captain D's. <laughs> we met some interesting folks on the loop, but. Sorry, <laughs> I just, I just pictured the girl. I'm, I'm sure, she, like you said, she wasn't from Tupelo. She was from probably Morville. Well, I, mean, I, I don't care where she was from. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but uh, uh, and there's somebody I do need to diss on this episode. This first episode six is the first diss we've had. Well, actually, I take that back. We diss we dissed that group, the radical group. Uh, in that unreleased episode. But yeah. this is the and first we, one. And we, we dissed the old radio station. And we dissed <laughs> the old radio station. 
but we'll release that one day. Um, no kidding. Um, Chris Vandiver is not a pet person. He's not a pet. Person. And he he's this the only thing I don't like about him. <laughs> I love everything about I him. I love the man, he but is, he's, he's not a pet person. He has saved my life and been there through thick and thin at every turn. When we share this episode, I'm tagging him. <laughs> yeah, if Chris Vandiver loved me so much that he would ever every once in a while let me stand up without his permission and call a play from the sideline. <laughs> Dude, I went to his house when Adeline and Wick got puppies one time. And, of course, I acted like I did the other night at Southern Oak. I was like, oh, my God, he's puppy. And then he was like, get out of here. Get. Get. He goes, like, I got to get rid Addie of these dogs. get them out of here. I got to get rid of these dogs. I was like, you jerk. He just, oh, man. That's a diss. <laughs> anyway. Tag him so he'll get in that When Twitter his thread. birthday comes around, I may buy him a puppy. Oh, please do. <laughs> get him a gift certificate. Something to, like a pedigreed animal. So he Get him <laughs> and Natalie a gift certificate to yoga with cats. <laughs> or pet smart. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, Brian, I've got a couple rapid fire questions. I know I had to surprise you. Returning the favor here. Okay. I had to get. I had to get you, man. But I wanted to make sure I got you. Brian got me. Was it episode three or four? I don't remember. I think when it was, was four. But, yeah. but, but Brian got me, so I wanted y'all to get him because he's good at stuff like this, and he'll probably answer better than I did. There's no like real math questions here, right? No, they're they're easy. I think. Yeah, they're easy. Okay, and just brief brief answers. But I'll, you're good at being detailed. I want to hear this out. All right, first one. Your music guy. Because you wear long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts. That's right. And I don't get haircuts often. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, okay, so I'm just going to start rapid fire in. Fish or widespread panic? Fish. Okay. Uh, Favorite fish song? Uh, I like Down With Disease. Ooh! Down With Disease is a good one. I uh, was one of those kids when I was like 12 that like just got into it because everybody else, and then actually wound up liking like three or four songs. They're, they're fun. They're fun. They, they are. They are fun. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a quick Fish story. Um, See, I knew, this is why I asked you because yeah. I knew I'd get one. Well, um, I like Trey. I like his singing more yeah. so than JB and, and Panic. Both shows are different experiences, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I would like to say that, like, w- when I go to the Panic shows, I mean, when I go to the Fish shows, I run into like Neil Alford, Rachel. Yeah, you know what sure, I mean, like sure. you know, folks like that. And then when I go to the Panic shows, I run into like folks I went to junior college with. Yeah, <laughs> kind I of got folk. you. But I'm a fish guy, anyway. I love that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they do an amazing cover of Quinn the Eskimo. I would look yeah, into looking that. at fish, Quinn the Eskimo. Yeah. I was I was a hits guy. I was still on ones. I was kind of like Dave Matthews. You know? <laughs> D- down with Farmhouse. Don't play Farmhouse. Get that out of my. Get that out of here. But anyway, tacos or burgers? Burgers. Why? <clears throat> <laughs> I had to catch myself realizing. I, I, I want to surprise you uh, because I am a lover of ketchup. Fair, mm-hmm. and like you ketchup. cannot put ketchup on a taco. Cannot put ketchup. <laughs> can't cannot do. Well, you might be on something there. <laughs> Hamburger tacos. Don't start with me. Anyway, <laughs> college basketball or NBA? Oh man, it's tough. Rapid fire, boom. NBA. Get out of my office. I know. <laughs> I know. But can I, I but I have to say this. I like the NBA game better. It's the best players in the world. It's a True. different class of ball. Um I my favorite team that I root for overall is the University of Memphis basketball That's team. Why so I asked. yeah, but I would say I mean the pro game is better. That's why it took me a second because I was thinking hit or heart, hit or heart, hit or well, heart. I, I, I knew so, that that was so so you should congratulate me on a good rapid fire. Man, question. that was a really good one. That because yours are always second. good. I was worried mine was. That was, was a suck. great one. That was a great one. All right. Penny, this, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an easy one. Jeans or shorts? Jeans. <laughs> shorts or jean shorts? Shorts. <laughs> shorts. <laughs> Never cargo shorts. 
If you, if, I mean, can I? Yeah. Another <laughs> another thing. <clears throat> Panic fans wear cargo shorts. <laughs> Colt Chapman is listening to this. He he is so mad. But I also go to fish shows with Colt. He is so mad right now that I'm saying he wears cargo shorts. All right. Super Nintendo or Sega? Super Nintendo. That's easy. Yeah. I think I don't know any Sega person on the planet. If I ever meet a Sega person, I'm like, all right, dude, explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Sega folks, though, were the original first Xbox folks. That's true. That's like, true. Because like, you, know I mean? you had to decide. Yeah, Nintendo was your PlayStation kind of carryovers. Nintendo parlayed you know, yeah, into yeah. PlayStation but then, and but, the 64, yeah, too. But like, if you liked Sega, you obviously had a Dreamcast, and then you had an Xbox. <laughs> so true. Uh, but I did love Sonic. Sonic, was, Sonic was a great game. Sonic was great. Um, breakfast or brunch? Brunch. Can you tell me why? Because I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> Too. I'm a brunch person because I like chicken and I like waffles. I like a uh, artichoke spinach dip. But and, you like and omelets I, and as I like well. Omelets, yeah, <laughs> I like coffee and I like a mimosa. Sometimes at the same time. Good for you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> last trivia question or, or last last rapid fire, and then I have another question. Okay. Would you rather have a thousand dollar shopping spree to the Mall of Barnes Crossing in Tupelo? Or a fifteen hundred dollar shopping spree to Dollar General. I feel like with fifteen hundred dollars, I could buy the Dollar General, like <laughs> one of everything, and I would be set forever. It's a, it's a tougher question if you think about it. Give hard. me the Dollar General. I would. I thought the same thing because I literally could toiletry, That's, clean my yes. house, for ten litter, years, cat food, yeah, everything, yeah. Whereas if I got a thousand at the mall, I'd go to Dick's and like. I was about to say, if you you gave me a thousand at the mall, I'd buy four pair of two hundred fifty dollars Jordans and be out of money. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Have a couple phone posits by Penny and I'd be out. (laughs) I'm so glad you answered like that. All right, last question: What is your favorite topic to do in trivia? Like as the host, my two favorite ones to do, and uh, I love to do audio categories. Me too. I, I love, love it when you do. I audio love the covers. audio category. Like I'll play a song, and you have to tell me the person, or I'll, you know, uh, play like two or three hits, and you have to tell me the gr- you know whatever. I like audio categories, and I love before and after categories. I appreciate you. Kind of like you know, and like for instance, my go-to one that I always, and I have to get, give an example because people kind of look at me, and I'm like you know like Wheel of Fortune before and after. And not everybody is so well-versed in Wheel of Fortune like you. But my one I always go to as my example is, um, was it a, it was a, oh yeah, it was a creator, a former presidential candidate and creator of the Rainbow Coalition, as well as singer of the song Run and Not Empty. So it'd be. Oh, no, 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 let me try this. Say that one more time. Cr- uh, creator of the Rainbow Coalition, as well as a former presidential candidate, as well as the, the singer who sang Running on Empty. Is it Andrew Jackson Brown? It's Jesse Jackson Brown. Oh, I said, you, you <laughs> yeah. said candidate. You yeah, candidate. He didn't Dang win. it. He didn't win. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't yeah, have anything to do with the Rainbow Coalition. I would have got that wrong. Yeah. But so I was on the right path. Were, if you, I would have yeah. written it down, I'd have seen it. I, yeah. <laughs> but it was funny. Uh, I, I, years ago, when like trivia was my main gig, if that yeah. makes sense, before I became an adult, um, I would put so much time into my trivia questions and like really – Go in depth, but here the past few years, I <laughs> I don't mail it in, but I'll say this: I don't put 
six hours of research into it, you know, per se. But, but those, you're good at it, thanks. which reminds me. Last Thursday of every month. Third Thursday. Third Thursday of every month, Brian hosts trivia at Queen's Mead. Queen's, Queen's Reward Mead. This past Thursday, it was packed. There were 60 people, people sitting outside. I had to work, man. This is me lobbying for a team. Are you out there? Do you need friends? Hello, hello. <laughs> I just need teammates, guys. I used to be really good at this, and my teammates were too. But I just I want somebody to go to the – I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Brian. The next time – in April, when it rolls around, if I don't have a team, I'm rolling up in there solo, and I'm just going to play. You should? I'm just going to play and see how I do. You'll enjoy the meeting. And I want to shout out – from you, just say and just be nice. Just say, "Hey, my buddy Max back there riding stag. <laughs> He's gonna do good though." I Go by you, and say his table and say hi. So I tell you what you do is when you when you come in for trivia, you sit down, you get your mead, you order two glasses, okay, of mead, two glasses, one for you, and you put the other one across the table. And when you get ready to come in there and turn in your score sheet, what I'll say is, "Hey, everybody." 20 points. My name is McKinley Holland, and my number is 6622. No, just say your phone. <laughs> Please don't do that. It works. No, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some teammates. No kidding. Yeah. I've, I've talked to some people, and they, they want to go. Some that are new to T-Polo and some that aren't. So That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. We're going to come out there, and we're going to wreck shop. Cool. Yeah. Well, what, what's your thoughts real quick um, going into the tournament? We're just going to touch on this real quick. Your sweet, your sweet 16, you like your final four picks? I do. Okay. I like. They're all, you're still alive? I'm still alive. Sparty, Zags. UNC Purdue, that's right, that's right. Uh, all the folks that got into our bracket challenge, shout out. We had yeah. seventy participants. No kidding. And I think like uh, Lee Bunch is kind of creeping up to the top. I think I'm somewhere in the middle of the pack. You may be. I may be in the bottom of the pack. What was or? the name of your team? Were you the Phil and Gill? I'm the Phil and Gill tour. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I shout knew out it. Phil Collins and. The legendary Vince Gill, as usual. Yep. Speaking of music, real quick. Six six mentions. Show you're going to Friday night. St. Paul and the Broken Bones in Oxford. That's right. Friday night, the uh, 29th, the uh, best show to hit Lafayette County this year will be there. St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Man, it's going to be a fun time. I'm going to let my hair down a little bit. I'm going to, you know, getting back from Buffalo. Going to get up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't have much hair to let down, I was thinking the same, if I but I'm gonna let it down. down. And uh, you know, I got that going on Friday, and then uh, back here Saturday, S- Sunday night, Sunday night. Jason Isbell, Jason Isbell. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you wanted to ever say there's nothing to do in the North Mississippi, Northeast Mississippi don't area, say it this weekend. Well, well, you got St. Paul and the Broken Bones. You got two tales for tables for tales. Tales Saturday night, and then, and then you got Jason Isbell. So, so get a babysitter and go enjoy yourself this weekend. Absolutely. I'll be working, <laughs> but I'll be thinking about you. I'll be getting down. For sure. Yes. Yeah, but it's um, going to be a good time. So, been a great show. Thanks again to Barton Ramsey and Southern Oak Kennels for letting us come out. Folks, go check that place out. Yeah, I want to give him a shout-out for that uh, glass of 18-year-aged bourbon. Y'all, this – this, I'm going to link that picture. I, that you Look at this picture we put on Twitter and just kind of zoom in. It's the most amazing cabinet ever. I mean, it just so happens to have liquor in it, but, I mean, it's it's the most amazing cabinet. It's cabinet It's a work of art. So. Yeah, anyway, awesome. Shout-out to Barton. Been a great show. Um, check us out on Twitter. The Happening Pod, and on uh, Instagram at the Happening Pod, and uh, we now have a Facebook yeah, as well. Yeah, search for the What's Happening Podcast, <laughs> and you'll find us. You'll find us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't but, friend me though, because I don't get on Facebook right <laughs> enough for that. If I get an alert about the page, I check it. So, anyway. awesome. Yeah. Well, y'all be safe out there. Yes. Always the most important. Be safe. Love each other. We'll see you next time on What's Happening. Everybody, love everybody.